Hey, Seattle hockey fans, happy game day. Erica L. Ayala, your host of Locked on Kraken. I'm coming in with more energy, more positivity today. Yesterday's episode was tough, but we had to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres, but also I'm going to introduce you to a new Locked On NHL host who is going to be your expert on all things NHL prospects. So, of course, we're going to talk about the one topic we've been talking about a lot here. Defense. No, of course, I'm, I'm kidding. We're going to talk about Shane Wright, and we'll also talk about Maddie Beneers and their development. That's coming up on this episode, Tuesday edition, game day edition of Locked on Kraken. You are locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Thank you for making Locked on Kraken your first listen, or at least one of your listens of the day. We have so many great shows, and I'm going to introduce you to another one here on the Locked on Podcast Network. But for those who I am meeting or who are hearing me for the first time, my name is Erica Lindsay Ayala. I am your host of Locked on Kraken. I am a devout Sue Bird fan since her Yukon days. So I'm wearing my Sue Bird uh, goat shirt today. I've got my blue, deep blue, the depths, you know, mood lighting. I felt like I needed to zhuzh, uh, re-zhuzh and just kind of uh, stage out some negative energy that we had from yesterday's show. I don't apologize for my rant. I think it was absolutely warranted. That being said, we got to move on, right? Because we hold fast. We stay true here on Locked on Kraken. We can keep it real. We can keep it uplifting uh, at the same time. We can hold space for both. And on today's episode, I want to talk first about the incoming Buffalo Sabres. Now, we have a test against the Buffalo Sabres. Now, I talked about this a little bit yesterday. Let's go to NHL.com and look at the standings. The standings, uh, we're in, uh, we're the 22nd team overall, still early in the season. Most teams haven't even played 10 games yet. So, you know, we have to take this with a grain of salt, but also this is the measuring stick for right now. So if we take a look at the league standings, we're 22, but look who's number five and look who's coming to dinner tonight. That's the Buffalo Sabres. They have a goal. Goal differential of positive 11, plus 11 goal differential. 22 goals for, 11 against. They're at 800. F- five games played, 4-1 record, 8 points. If you scroll down just a wee bit, we have a negative 6 goal differential. That means that we give up 6 more goals than we score in this season so far, seven games for us, a two, three and two record, six points on the docket. So 
The reason that I want to go over this is because we got to know, we got to know what we're working with, folks. We got to know what we're working with. I also want to take you to natural static. What are we, what are we up against? You know, what are, what are we seeing here? Um, so we see that they get a decent amount of shots on their power play when they are on a five V four power play. Um, you know, this is their shots for percentage. Um, that's, that's pretty impressive. So that means that us on the penalty kill, we're really going to be up against a decent amount of shots. So we got to be mindful of that. So it's interesting to see that again, the shots for percentage, um, power play shots, the, the Buffalo Sabres can really get up a lot of shots on the power play, which is something to keep in mind because the Seattle Kraken are taking their fair share of penalties. Okay, so let's just take a look at what this looks like, the overall overview. Where do we get our most shots? Um, also on the power play. Well, that's a good thing, right? That uh, we're getting shots on the power play. Um, then you see it's um, at even strength, about 55% of our shots for are coming at even strength. And then, um, you know, we've only got 8% that are coming on the penalty kill. Now let's go back to Buffalo for a minute. 26% uh, on the penalty kill. So again, something to keep in mind uh, for tonight's game via natural stat trick. Um, I also want to talk a little bit about the game notes that the Seattle Kraken sent over. So the Seattle Kraken send game notes over. Um, the the record for Buffalo, as I mentioned already, is uh, 4-1-0, and eight points. We are 2-3-2. Two, two. Um, they are 3-0 and on the road. So uh, they are really going to be looking to stick it to us. Now, the Seattle Kraken, we enter the game looking for our first home victory of the season. Um, so the, the Buffalo Sabres are perfect on the road. We are winless at home. You know, something's got to give there. We want it to be us, right? We want CPA rocking. We want climate pledging. I mean, we didn't get it done for the GOAT when she was honored and, and welcomed. So we're going to have to get it done. Why not against Buffalo? Why not against Buffalo? We have Vancouver coming in already. Even the Seattle Kraken broadcast staff, they're looking at Vancouver. They're winless on the entire season and they're coming to CPA. We're going to be playing Vancouver. I want to keep this show positive. If you want to know what I think about if we lose to Vancouver, listen to Monday's episode because I talked about that. We're going to keep this positive, baby. We're going to get we're going to get our first win at CPA against Buffalo. That's what we're going to do. Leading scorers Rasmus Dahlin, eight points overall. We have Burakovsky, McCann, and Schwartz all with six points. So um, some other things to note here. Tomorrow's matchup in Buffalo could see five rookies hit the ice. And this is going to be apropos for our upcoming conversation. That would include, of course, Shane Wright and Maddie Beneers. But uh, you've got Owen Power, Jack Quinn, 
Um, you know, there's a little bit of a reunion with some of the Michigan guys. So that's going to be fun to watch. You can best believe we'll hear from Maddie Beneers at some point, if not before the game, maybe after the game, depending on how it all goes down. But man, that Michigan group was pretty strong. And as a matter of fact, I spoke to Hadi about that. And coming up next on Locked on Kraken, we got you ready for tonight's game. Again, we're going to stay positive. We're going to hold fast. We're going to stay true. We know we've got Vancouver coming up, but we're not worried about that. We're worried about tonight. I got you ready for that. Now I want to dive deeper into this conversation about Shane Wright. I've given you my opinion. I'm okay to see him move down, but let's talk to the expert. Let's talk to Hadi Kalakech, who is going to be the host of a brand new show that is coming to Locked On NHL, not even available yet. So you're getting a first listen to Hadi as he's going to talk about our guys, Shane Wright and Maddie Beneers, and if Seattle is doing this whole development thing the right way. We're going to start the conversation today, and some of this will roll over for tomorrow, particularly the part where we talk about Maddie Beneers. So before we get to my conversation with Hadi Kaketch, the new host of Locked on NHL Prospects, I want to tell you about Athletic Greens. Now, for those longtime listeners, you know that I I believe in Athletic Greens. I believe in having something as a part of a morning routine that's going to help me along my wellness journey. And Athletics Green, Athletic Greens has been that. Now, this is an amazing partnership because the AG1 Athletic Greens um, is just one scoop. And you are getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that you can start your day off with. And I love that. And so you're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance with Athletic Greens. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune-boosting, immune-supporting vitamin. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I love the travel packs. I need more of them, so I'm going to have to go to athleticgreens.com backslash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash NHL network, and that is how you take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance athletic greens. All right, Seattle, we are back with our Tuesday episode of Locked on Kraken. I'm going to introduce you to Hadi Kalakech. He is our new host of the brand new show, hasn't even started yet, the show called Locked on NHL Prospects. So I thought he was the perfect person to weigh in on this Shane Wright situation. Now let's, before I take you to Hadi, um, I want to take you once again to Natural Stat Trick. And I have really been looking at Natural Stat Trick to get a sense for the time on ice for Shane Wright. So as of today, this is the TOI for Shane Wright. We scroll down a little bit here. We see that Shane Wright has total time on ice of 34 minutes and 13 seconds, 53 shifts, Overall, he's averaging just less, just uh, fewer, excuse me, than 30, than 40 seconds. So he's at 38 seconds per shift. 
Something to keep in mind, again, the Seattle Kraken, that's their number four overall pick, Shane Wright. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. But, you know, that's about 34 minutes, seven games overall, but he's been a scratch for a handful. I think he's got about five games, if memory serves correctly. He's been scratched twice. Um, you know, he got his first point the other day, and then Dave Haxtell made a comment. I've talked about all this. If you want to listen to more, I talked about all of it, including breaking down all of the different things that Dave Wright, Dave Wright, excuse me, that Dave Haxtell said about Shane Wright. I put them together as a superhuman. Anyway, question mark. Um, I put together a, a, a kind of a mix uh, of all of the different things that Dave Haxtell has said about Shane Wright, and I was very confused. So if you want to listen to that because you're super into being annoyed, you can check out the show notes. Anyway, without further ado, let's go to my special squad cast with Hadi Kalakesh. Hey, Seattle hockey fans, I hope you're enjoying this special squad cast. Now, I've talked to you about game to game. That's when Seattle, that's when the Locked On NHL hosts, and really all of the hosts throughout the Locked On Network, we give you quick, about 60-minute hits after the games of our respective teams or leagues or conferences. And we then, at Locked On, are giving you all of that in a 30-minute show. That's our game-to-game on Locked On NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the National Hockey League with a local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. You can follow Game to Game on Locked on NHL, which is available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and of course, wherever else you get your podcasts. I am so excited to welcome a new host here to Locked on NHL. Now, Hadi, you are going to be our Locked on Prospects host. Uh, we are so happy to have you. But first, let the fans on Locked on Kraken know a little bit about your background before we get into the Shane Wright conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I'll be taking over for Locked on NHL Prospects. Um, it's a brand new podcast that's coming up. I think this year is really going to be the, the it's really the best year to start launching this kind of thing because the, the prospect conversation is heating up. This is a really interesting draft. On my end, what I've been doing um, I've worked for Dauber Prospects. I still do as their uh, QMJHL scout. So uh, I scout the Q here from Montreal. Um, I also write for Habs Eyes on the Prize as their North American Prospects writer. So I do that on the side as well. Um, you can find my work there as well. And I've worked for a couple other networks. Um, it's, you know, scouting's have always been an interest of mine ever since I was maybe 12, 13. Um, I used to follow the drafts very closely, make sure I, I sort of watch a couple of games from these top prospects, you know, I always had my favorite every year. And um, it really became a thing for me during the pandemic when, you know, everything kind of locked down. I found myself sort of delving into hockey as this sort of safe space that I can head into and, and have a lot of fun with. And it's just taken off for me since. And uh, I'm really excited for this new chapter. It's going to be very, very interesting to uh, follow along both draft eligible and drafted prospects throughout the year. So I'm really, really excited. 
This is going to be invaluable because, as I'm sure you know, the Seattle Kraken, we're holding on to a handful of picks. Uh, you know, we, we were able to broker some in the offseason and, and a few deals, but we've still got plenty of picks. So I'm sure we will be in communication um, multiple times over oh, yeah. the next year or so. But Hattie, mm -hmm. something else I like to do on Locked on Kraken, and you alluded to it, but I'd love to get into it a little bit more, is when did you first fall in love with hockey i call this my brown sugar question so when did you first fall in love with hockey well it was kind of a random occurrence essentially i was um you know growing up lebanese it's not necessarily the sport that's really pushed within the culture right um, but i was just scrolling through channels um one day and i fell upon a habs red wings game and the first thing i saw when i tuned into that game was pavel datsu digging through the entire habs team and almost scoring and I was just mesmerized by the pace of play, the skill required to play the game at a high level. And I've just been completely enamored with hockey since. It's just been the sport that's kind of stuck with me. Um, then shortly after the 2010 series happened with Yaroslav Halak turning into essentially a demigod in the playoffs. And uh, yeah, no, it was awesome. So uh, that was really my sort of sticking point. Then 2012, 2013 were the first drafts where um Montreal needed to to sort of make a high pick and that's when I got really really interested into scouting specifically um and yeah that's just been what I've been doing since Wow. So you are the absolute perfect person, not just for this Locked on NHL Prospects podcast, which is forthcoming, but, eh, you know, other than perhaps, uh, you know, our friends over at uh, Locked on uh, Montreal Canadiens, we're, we're probably the, the, the second most uh, excited podcast to have you because of how things went down with the yep. draft. And um, mm -hmm. when you were introduced to us via email, I was like, oh, we're, we're going to definitely have Hattie on the, on the show because, For of sure. course, not only was that draft in Montreal, mm -hmm. uh, but Shane Wright was projected to be the number one pick to Montreal. Yep. Uh, but of course, he ended up with us. So first, how do you, as you were following the most recent draft in 2022, what were your thoughts on really the top four prospects? Um, I mean, we had Nemec there, Slavkovsky, uh, mm -hmm. Wright, and uh, Logan Cooley. Um, you know, the, not in that order, but those are the top four guys. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. you know, what was what was your take on on everything? Uh, did everything play out how you thought? Were you surprised? In a word, no. Um, <laughs> it was really, honestly, I, I had Shane Wright going first. The, the the brain that he has on him is just absolutely tremendous. He thinks the game at an elite level. And I thought the Habs were going to go with that direction just because the Montreal market's been pretty much begging for elite center depth for the last 10, 20 years, like pretty much since Sakukoivi retired. Um, and I don't know, just the thought of Nick Suzuki and Shane Wright just down the middle for, for the Habs was really enticing. I'm not against Slavkovsky as a pick, but I would have taken Wright first. Um, one name you didn't mention that I want to shout out uh, within that top four that I had second overall was Frank Nazar, uh, who went 13th to the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, which really astounded me as well. I thought he'd go higher. Um, but especially, you know, Simon Nemitz at second overall was just an absolute shocker. I mean, to me, Nemitz is a very, very good defender. He's among the best defensemen in this class. I, he was not the second best prospect. And that was a pick where... Um, New Jersey was intent on not selecting a center because they have enough of them. They have Dawson Mercer, Nico Heischer, and Jack Hughes down the middle. They're fine, right? 
Um, but I just, even if I'm picking a defenseman, I don't think I would have gone with Nemitz first. So that was really, really shocking for me. Um, and then you go down the line with Logan Cooley at third. I think Arizona was going with him regardless, just because um, he sells more tickets than Shane Wright, honestly. Like he, his style of play is electrifying. It's dynamic. It's, you know, you watch him play and you just, you want to go and buy another ticket, right? And that's what Arizona needs right now. Um, yeah. So like Shane Wright dropping the fourth was absolutely shocking to me because to me, he was the best prospect in this class. Uh, and I'm just happy for the Kraken because y'all did a great job in this draft. Like, honestly, it was um, it, also Jagger Ferguson in the second round was an excellent pickup. Um, he was in my, he was in my top 15, I'd say. So you guys did a great job. I think Wright and Ferkus down the middle is, is the future for you guys. I love it. Um, you know, and obviously Maddie Beniers, he got a little bit of a taste last season once mm -hmm. his career at Michigan ended after the Frozen Four. Um, and then, you know, un until the last two games has really been able to keep up at a point per game pace. Um, mm -hmm. So, yes, to your point, uh, being able to build through the draft up the middle for the Seattle Kraken at the centerman position is something that we've been hearing Ron Francis talk about for a long time. Now, just like you, I honestly didn't do too much work on Shane Wright, knowing that we had the four pick and um, really believing that he was top two for sure, maybe squeaks down to three. But I was looking at some of the defensemen because I think, honestly, that's where the Seattle Kraken um, – struggled last season and honestly right now that's still a, a a little bit of a sore spot as locked on kraken fans know for me personally so i wasn't really looking too much into shane wright but let's um before we get into his performance with the seattle kraken so far small sample size and we'll talk about that i would love to get your thoughts on the death stare. Well, like, did you think he was staring somebody down? Was it something that was kind of just over-exaggerated? What are your thoughts? Well, I was at the draft, right? So I had, <laughs> had a sight on it. Um, from what I've heard, no one in the media is going to admit this. No one in the media wants to really sort of put Shane Wright in, in the limelight like that. But I, I'm pretty sure he stared down the Habs table. I'm, I'm pretty certain about that. Um, again, there's no way to guarantee because no one's going to come out officially with a soundbite saying that he did. But from my perspective, from what I saw, it did very much seem like it. So that's oh, it I yeah. love it. I love it because I was not there. Um, th but there are a few things that stood out to me. One is the the length of, of the stare, unless yeah. he just completely blanked out or blacked out, which I guess if you're being drafted top for the NHL, quite possible. Life-changing, mm -hmm. life-changing. But then, and we had the the creator behind that kind of behind-the-scenes documentary that the NHL did, and hearing some of the clips of him talking about, oh, like, going to circle that one. And then when he said after Logan Cooley got drafted to Arizona, he's like, that one hurts, that one hurts. Mm -hmm. It kind of made me think that there was a little bit more into that glare than just deer in headlights you know this is my draft moment another thing that i think really stood out was that the first person to kind of say he was looking at the camera wasn't anyone from shane wright's camp it was ron francis which on the one hand i love ronnie's like listen leave my kid alone we just drafted him we're, we're not doing this i'm i'm gonna just just completely shut all of that down. But then mm -hmm. after that, Shane started picking up that narrative. So I think I'm with you there. The conspiracy yeah. lives on is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I exactly. love it. I love it. All right. So coming up next, 
Let's talk about Shane Wright on the Seattle Kraken. And then, Hadi, we're going to keep you on because I would like to also talk about Shane Wright within the context of the draft class entering into what is a very early still NHL season. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, we're going to close out the show. Once again, speaking with Hadi, we're talking about Shane Wright. We're talking about development. Dave Haxtell, we even eventually get into a little bit of a conversation about Uri Slavkovsky. If you missed his first career goal and then the chirping that happens after, Oh, man. Hadi and I are going to talk about that. We'll probably get into that on tomorrow's episode again. Also, Hadi and I talked about Maddie Beneers. And so a little bit more of that on tomorrow's episode. But let's close out today's episode. It's a game day. Remember, we've got Buffalo. We don't know as of the time of this recording whether we will see Shane Wright in the lineup. And of course, even if we do, we don't know how many minutes we will see from Shane Wright. So that's all to be determined. But let's take you back to Hadi, our Locked On NHL Prospects host, talking about if Seattle's on the right. Hadi, we're coming back. We're going to talk more about Shane Wright because this is a Kraken podcast. We'll get to the rest of the guys later. But we're so mm-hmm. excited to have you as a part of Locked On NHL. We're so excited to have your expertise and even spill a little tea <laughs> regarding <laughs> Shane Wright. But, as you a know, treat. <laughs> yes, exactly. As a treat. Um, so, but the big conversation now that we've gotten through the death glare has been Shane Wright and what his development is going to look like. Now, on the one hand, uh, just as a recap for uh, hockey fans, Dave Haxel is our head coach. He has come from the NCAA system. A lot of what we've been hearing is that, you know, development, player development is something that he is known for, especially coming from that college system. Um, and then we saw what he was able to do with Maddie Beneers, or did we question mark? Cause now I'm starting to wonder, do we even, do we have a development plan for Maddie Beneers? But anyway, we'll get to that. Um, but then Shane Wright comes in all of the fanfare that we talked about thinking for years that he was going one. He ends up at four, the death stare, what Ron Francis said about the death stare, all of this stuff. And of course, knowing that if he doesn't, uh, play beyond the nine games that he's allotted, then he has to go back to the OHL. He can't even go to the Coachella Valley Firebirds. So Mm -hmm. when you look at Shane Wright, when you look at where the Seattle Kraken have him playing, I think time on ice, he's less than 30 minutes in the season. He's already been a healthy scratch for two of our games. What are your thoughts? Are we hitting the panic button? Should we be asking Dave some questions? What's your take from outside Kraken camp on how Shane Wright is being developed? So reps are always important, right, for any prospect. Um, getting reps in is what sort of builds your ability to maintain consistency at a high level. It's especially important for Hockey IQ. The thing is with Wright is he's not lacking in that in that sense. His consistency and his hockey IQ are through the roof. It's some of his greatest strengths. I don't think he's necessarily being harmed by the lack of playing time. It might be sort of hurting his, um, I I don't want to say ego because it's a strong word, but um, it's, it, it kind of it kind of you know has some effect on the way that he perceives his his level right now. Um, he was heading into this sort of certain in his mind that he's going to be the first overall pick. That didn't happen. Um, I'm sure heading into the NHL, he was he had this idea of like I'm going to take the bull by the horns and um, just make things happen. 
and it's just not working out for him right now. I don't think there's necessarily a reason to panic. It's not something that's necessarily harming his game to be playing so little. Obviously, he would be benefited, you know, playing as much as possible. But at the end of the day, the two things that are sort of at the core of his game, which is his, his you know, consistency in all three zones and his hockey IQ, those are the things that are that you want to sort of develop by giving a player reps. That's why I, I would vouch for a player like Yuri Slavkovsky going to the AHL for a while, because then he's going to be able to play 18, 20 minutes a game and develop those sides of his game that aren't necessarily up to par. But in Wright's case, it's not necessarily that harmful. Um, now, I would still vouch for him to go to the OHL and just dominate for a year. That was sort of what I had in mind going into this season for Shane Wright. Um he, for me, there were still some things in his game. I mean, he's a pretty complete player, but just bringing everything up a level in terms of his playing um, would have been very, very useful for him. And the best place to sort of explore that is playing 23, 24 minutes a night in the OHL and just dominating, right? So that was sort of what I had in mind heading into the season for it. So I was surprised to start with to see him in the NHL, but I thought if you're ready, you're ready, right? You don't play at a level that you're way above already. Uh, if you're ready for the next one. But in Wright's case, he has two choices, either NHL or OHL. There's no in-between, right? So to me, in that case, if he's not going to be playing more than six, seven minutes a night in the NHL, what's the point? Just send him down, have him play 23, 24 minutes. It's just better for him. See, I agree. I It sounded a lot like the Seattle Kraken wanted to have him in the NHL this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were leaving a little bit of space. Uh, The the phrase, I say this all the time on Locked on Kraken, but the phrase Ronnie Francis would say is like, we're giving him every opportunity to make the team. Like, okay, all right, sure. Yeah, we're giving him every opportunity to make the team. But then he would also say, you know, well, we we had to be mindful in free agency because in, you know, a year, two years, three years, five years, Five years we're gonna have to play veneers and right so i'm like mm-hmm. okay you're playing us on both sides like what's going on here um but i i agreed with you just kind of getting a sense for when it, what i knew about shane wright um getting a sense for you know some of the things that we heard from him in that rookie camp uh just him being a, maybe a little bit of a hothead that seems to cool down when some of the veterans came uh, around but um you know, he's he's a guy that can definitely get excitable. So there's a part of me just in hearing that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Also, he's 18 years old, yeah. you know, to, to be humbled by people that you look up to. And again, not in an, in a bad or even derogatory way. I mean, we're all humbled in life and, and that's mm-hmm. the growth. That's what you get um, when you are challenging yourself. And so I think that him getting this time with the NHL is uh, not a bad thing i don't think we should force him into more minutes mm-hmm. um and my take has been uh, up until our game uh, the other night against colorado i had concerns for the veterans we've got like multiple two-time stanley cup winning players and i couldn't get a sense for the system so again folks we have a game tonight i'll be back with my little clip that will be a part of game to game but now that you've listened to locked on kraken check out locked on sports today it is your uh it is our network podcast that gives you the biggest stories of the day plus instant reactions big game recaps and the take of the day you can listen to locked on sports today on the Odyssey app. You can, of course, watch on YouTube or listen wherever you get your podcast. But it's a game day, folks. It's a Seattle cracking game day. We are 
ending this episode with energy, positive energy. I've got my light going. I've got my cap going. We are ready to go. I'm bringing in the Sue Bird goat energy. For those not watching on YouTube, I'm wearing my Sue Bird jersey from Player Society or shirt from Player Society. We are going into Climate Pledge Arena. We are pumping it up. We are focused. We are going to clean up the little things, and we are going to get that first win. Oh, yeah. And we're going to send Buffalo home with a loss, their first road loss of the season. I am claiming it. I am proclaiming it for us as a fan base. That's, what's, that's what we're going to talk about on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kraken. It'll be an interesting episode if I don't have the chance to talk about that, but but we're not there yet. Let's focus on one thing. We're going to hold fast. We're going to stay true, and tonight we ride. Let's go, Kraken. I'll see you tomorrow.